This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Can you help us? Partner with the ministry of Equip by calling 888-644-4144 or on equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, Friends, I am so excited about all that this week entails for you and I. For those of you who are faithful listeners to Equip, you know that this Thursday is our next Zoom webinar. That's right. Our next partner webinar is coming up this Thursday. It's for our monthly partners. It's immediately following the program. And I just got to be honest with you. I am convinced that this is the most important work that I've done in quite some time. If you're not familiar, the topic for this upcoming Zoom webinar is church hurt, how to survive or surviving church hurt. And honestly, when I when I started out preparation for this, I knew it was an important topic. It's only become increasingly important in my mind. I've referred to the study, the great de-churching, this uh, study report that, that came out not too long ago, a corresponding book, a couple of sociologists, pastors working together on this research, uh, which uh, identified why people are leaving the church. And there are some certainly some ordinary reasons why people are leaving the church, such as they just moved uh, and, uh, and and it was no proactive disavowing of the faith, but they just relocated and couldn't find a new church home. But 37% of those who have left the church over the past uh, two decades uh, communicated it's because of a negative experience within the local church, 37%. Uh, that's another way of describing church hurt. So Doing that research helped me to see, man, this is uh, just about as prevalent of an issue as any issue that the church will face in the years to come. But the other part of this research that has really deeply impacted me is the difference between the way uh, lay members of a local church experience church hurt and the way leaders experience church hurt. And one of the sections that I'm really looking forward to tackling on Thursday is the way leaders experience church hurt. We'll talk about the difference between structural church hurt and personal church hurt. And as always, we'll talk about a biblical pathway to healing or surviving. Here's what I want to do. In addition to our monthly partners, today, I want to open up 10 seats. Now, typically, You have to be a monthly partner to be a part of these. But today, I want to open up 10 seats right now for two groups, one of two groups. I'm very interested in counselors being there. 
if you are in the counseling profession, in particular if you're counseling those who have been through uh, religious trauma or church hurt, I'd love for you to call right now to be a part of this. We'll give you a free access uh, pass to be a part of this at 877-548-3675. But it will be first come, first serve, so I need you to call now at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. The second group I really would love to see uh, attend are uh, church leaders. You know, when we talk about church hurt, we very rarely legitimize the woundedness that church leaders experience. When somebody leaves your church family, and doesn't even communicate, talk to you about it. When your family is neglected or mistreated, we're going we're gonna to really help those who are pastors and leaders. So again, if you are a pastor or a leader in a local church, we're going to open it up to you, no cost at all. We're going to open up and give free passes. Phone lines are already starting to fill up, but you got to call now, 877-548-3675. Call now to reserve your spot, 877-LIVE-675. We're going to fill up 10, and uh, those uh, look like they're going to be going pretty quick. But you call now so that you can get your spot. Uh, today, I'm, I'm really grateful for Sean McDowell. Sean McDowell is a friend to the program. Uh, Sean is constantly thinking about the big questions that are being asked about the Christian faith. He has been engaged with uh, these questions uh, for some time now, and uh, one of the most important thinkers, I think, in the body of, of, of Christ. He recently co-authored a book with John Marriott, Dr. John Marriott, uh, called Set Adrift, and it's on deconstruction. You've heard this term being used over and again, that someone's deconstructing We'll talk about what that means today, the factors that contribute to it. The subtitle is Deconstructing What You Believe Without Sinking Your Faith. And uh, I'm so grateful to welcome uh, our good friend, Sean McDowell, co-author of the book. Sean, how are you today? Chris, I am doing well. Always enjoy being with you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I want to get an update on on you because we care about you uh, and uh, how you're doing personally, we'll we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but but let's talk about this this book. There's several things that are unique, very unique about this book, and why I wanted to have you on. The first, I think, is on the type of deconstructing you're talking about. There's a lot of different ways people use that term, deconstructing. Give us your definition and what your book specifically is targeting. This is such an important point because the word deconstruction, like the word evolution, can mean many different things. So if somebody says to you, hey, I'm deconstructing my faith, ask a simple question. What do you mean by deconstruction? Now, the term really first came into use uh, by a postmodern philosopher named Jacques Derrida, yeah. which is a way of looking at a text and looking for kind of underlying hidden meanings which also involves moving away from any authorial intention and stripping a text of its authority. 
That is not what I mean by deconstruction. And frankly, most people who talk about deconstruction haven't read postmodern philosophers. A second way that it's often used is a way of stripping away one's Christian faith. So it's a process of slowly abandoning one's faith, either towards a progressive form of Christianity or towards atheism, agnosticism, completely leaving Christianity behind. That, in a sense, is closer to deconversion or destruction. We use the term, like a lot of people do, like, say, Michael Kruger, for example, as deconstruction, meaning breaking down, but construction building back up. So it involves somebody looking at their faith and saying, okay, what ideas did I get from culture? What ideas maybe uh, from somewhere else? And how do I strip those away and have a faith more deeply rooted in the person of Jesus and rooted in scripture? So in that sense, it's to to disassemble, analyze, and reassemble one's faith in a new way. That's what we mean by deconstruction. Yeah, I'm glad for that clarification. So for purposes of this discussion today, let's just set aside the postmodern philosophical use of the term, all right? Um, For the friends that are listening or into that type of thing, we can pick that up on another day. Then what's left are two different types of deconstruction or two different ways the term is used. One that you would classify more as deconversion, which is actually leaving the faith. That's not what this is really targeting. What this is really targeting are those who are questioning, it seems, Sean, the brand of Christianity they've been taught or inherited or been given, right? And they're questioning whether or not this brand of Christianity is actually the best expression of what I believe Christianity should be from my survey of the scriptures and the teaching and life of Jesus. Is that an accurate way of describing it? Yeah, I think you nailed it. This is what Michael Kruger calls more of a reforming deconstruction, that you're not really asking the question, is Christianity true? Is the Bible true? Those are important questions. And I went through a season in my life where I was asking those questions. Yeah. This is for those who say, I want to follow Jesus. I think the Bible's true, but I'm not sure the faith that I have been given, family, friends, culture, really matches up with what Jesus taught. Something unsettles this person and makes them rethink and says they want to build their faith on a firmer ground. That's how we use it. That's how many people use it. Now, you know, I got to be honest with you. I am um, probably more than at any other time in my Christian walk seeing more and more people go on this journey that you just described. I mean, Mm. large numbers of people um, in in the African-American community. uh, Mm. This is something that is super prevalent right now questioning in particular the westernized um, uh, presentation if you will of the um, of the Christian faith and wondering well is this really true to its historic roots right some and you you've seen this and, and I've seen this as well some have even left Protestantism and gone into Eastern Orthodox Christianity or even going into more Catholicism. Um, I'm seeing that type of thing happening all around me. 
And it seems like what your book is doing is to say, if you're going to be helpful, you need to understand the causal factors. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's a piece of it is what what precipitates and causes somebody to go through this process. So like you described in in the African-American community, there might be a lot of cultural, familial kind of just, you know, experiences somebody has that makes somebody go, okay, wait a minute. Does this faith that I'm seeing really match up with a biblical faith? It's a process of questioning, analyzing, rethinking. And then what's really interesting is oftentimes when people go through that process, they stay within the broader Christian fold, but land somewhere differently than where they began. And part of our concern in the book is to help people realize that there's a wide range of ways you can follow Jesus, uh, different denominations. There's different theologies within the essentials, of course. So we're trying to give people some freedom to rethink some of those things within the boundaries of Orthodox Christianity. Yeah, I think where you and I would agree is that every brand of quote-unquote, uh, Christian expression is uh, it's not something we would uh, identify as orthodoxy. You mentioned some are exchanging uh, what has classically been called evangelicalism for more of a progressive form of Christianity that I would uh, define as being outside, if you will, of the parameters or boundaries or essentials of the Christian faith. I certainly would would feel that way about others as well. So what you're trying to do here is to say that it is possible, however, to faithfully follow Christ um, and to recognize that the way that that expresses itself may be broader than just what you have inherited or been taught. Yeah, I think that's right. So we, we give people what we call dogma. And these are the essentials of the Christian faith. Jesus is God. Uh, The Bible is God's word. Jesus was human. God is triune, salvation by faith. These are kind of fence posts, so to speak. And I would put marriage as a man and a woman in there as the contemporary issue today that, like you said, many progressive Christians will push back against. These are kind of the dogma that the church, the large church as a whole, have held for 2000 years. But within that are different doctrines that we can differ over that are not unimportant. They're significant. The role of women in the church, the age of the earth, Calvinism, Arminianism, like these are significant issues for how we live. But there's a certain freedom to adopt those within the boundary, so to speak, of the dogma that's been handed on. Yeah. So we're trying to just give these kind of guidelines to walk people through what it means to deconstruct well. Well, I love this, and and this is why we got to have fences to keep us safe. Friends, we're going to dive into this. Maybe you've been on your own journey, or maybe you love someone who seems to be on a journey where they're saying to you, I'm reconsidering, reevaluating, and deconstructing. How do we do that in a healthy, Christ-honoring way? We'll talk about that with Sean McDowell right after this. Next up on Equip. 
friends, I want to invite you to our next Equipper Zoom webinar coming up this Thursday, November 16th, right after the program. You know, many of us have faced pain and disappointment from other Christians and even church leaders. It's a unique problem that requires spiritual wisdom to remedy. That's why this webinar will focus on recovering from church hurt. We'll discuss how to restore our hearts and how to reconnect with a loving body of believers. Equippers, look for an email with registration details for this free interactive webinar. Not an equipper, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or going online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today we're talking to Sean McDowell about his uh, newest book, co-author with Dr. John Marriott, entitled Set Adrift, Deconstructing What You Believe Without Sinking Your Faith. In the book, Sean says this, a significant number of Christians are leaving the church today. Many feel there is no place for them within the faith. They no longer feel at home in their church community or tradition. Whatever the reason, they are unsettled by the version of Christianity they've inherited. Some believers just aren't sure what to believe anymore. Maybe this describes you, and I want you to know we take it seriously, uh, your questions, and, uh, and, I, and I know you do as well. And today, Sean and I would just love to be able to help you to process your questions. Maybe you can relate on a very personal level to not feeling at home in your Christian community anymore or the tr- tradition you were raised in. Uh, maybe for a number of different reasons, you're starting to feel very unsettled with the version of Christianity that you've been taught. Um, I would love to hear from you today on uh, what what is the, the source of your questions? Uh, what is it about Christianity, uh, the version of Christianity that you've been taught that is most uh, troubling, concerning to you, that's causing you to feel unsettled. The phone number, 877-548-3675. We want to create uh, a space for you to be able to process that in a, in a very healthy way and safe way. The phone number, 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. If that's you, give us a call. I'll also have uh, some copies of uh, Sean's book to make available to those who call with questions at this time, 877-548-3675. Sean, I think one of the big insights that I've gotten uh, from your book is the fact that we don't have to have absolute certainty on every point in order to have confidence in our faith. Explain the relationship, if you will, between certainty and confidence in the claims of the Christian faith. You know what's so interesting about this question is whenever I talk with people who have deconstructed to the point of deconversion, oftentimes they'll say things to me when I listen to them in conversation well, we can't be certain Jesus rose from the grave. We can't be certain that the Bible's true. Well, if we set up our standard for knowing things as equaling certainty, there's actually very few things in my life that I know with absolute certainty. But knowledge doesn't require certainty. 
classically speaking, when broken down, knowledge is justified true belief. So when you look in history, there's certain things we know in history, but we don't have 100% confidence about them. The evidence points strongly in a certain direction. Take a court of law. We can find somebody or put somebody in prison or in some cases enact capital punishment without certainty, but with a level of confidence. So Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, he says, know this with certainty. Why would he say know one thing with certainty? Because that implies we can know certain things without certainty. So for some reason, it's crept into the church that to know something requires certainty. And then somebody has any level of doubt and they slowly start abandoning their entire faith. That is such a destructive way to think about faith. Faith is trusting God in light of what we have reason to be believe is true. It doesn't require certainty. So if you're talking with somebody who's deconstructing, questioning their faith, or if you're in the process of doing so, pay attention and ask yourself, what standard do I have to know things with confidence? And if I'm assuming that I need certainty, I might be setting the bar so high that I'm undermining a lot of things that I can know with confidence. Yeah. So um, let's just use an example here. I think that a lot of folks just don't know what to do with their doubts. Right. And, mm. and so when a doubt comes or when you're uncertain about something, I also think the other thing that happens is that the, one of the tactics of those who are trying to lure people away from Christianity is to prey on the obvious. And that is to ask the question, are you uncertain about this aspect of Christianity? Are you uncertain about this aspect of Christianity? Well, if you are, then you probably shouldn't be following this faith. You should probably abandon the whole lot because you're questioning a certain part of it. And what I love about what you're saying is, is that it's okay for us to have uh, uncertainty and still have a high probability enough to have confidence and trust in the claims of the Christian faith. Is that right? Yeah. So think about it this way. If I'm 50-50 on something, I'm agnostic. I don't know. I'm wavering. If I'm 51-49, I believe it. It's just a really weak belief. So if I'm 51, I'm asking myself, how do I grow in my belief, even though I may have some doubt? And there's ways to grow. Study, remove sin, spend time with confident Christians, practice your faith, etc. But if we equate knowledge with 100%, then we leave no room at all for doubt. Now, why does that matter? Because doubt is not the opposite of faith. You can believe something and have doubt. The opposite of faith is unbelief. <laughs> That's the opposite of faith. Yeah. So yeah. there's ways we promote this without even realizing it, Chris. We call the Apostle Thomas doubting Thomas. Now, what yeah. did Thomas do when he was presented with evidence Jesus had risen? And name of the evidence was his 10 buddies who said, we've seen the risen Jesus. He said, I will not believe unless I can see and touch. That doesn't sound like a doubter. That's someone who flat out rejected the claim that Jesus had been resurrected. 
To doubt is to say, I'm not sure. I have questions. I don't know. So we equivocate doubting Thomas with somebody who completely rejects the faith. So that makes people think if they really process it, if I have any questions, I'm completely rejecting the faith. And thus we just don't give people any space to ask real questions. And frankly, in our age of endless information, right at the tip of our fingertips, of course people are gonna have questions. Of course they're gonna have doubt. So I think we just need to make space for people, not freak out when they have questions, invite questions, and just have a calm confidence that Christianity is true. And we'll be able to find the answers, reasonable answers, if we're willing to look. You know, it's interesting. My wife and I were watching a special the other night. Uh, It was a Veterans Day special about a, a particular regimen of soldiers that had not received they're just due for about 100 years and the city of Houston and the military was making it right. And I feel like you just did that for Thomas. I feel like Thomas <laughs> for, for a long, long time has been mistreated, mishandled, and, uh, and you just cleared the record and gave him an honorable discharge. So we just right now want to salute Thomas. He, he's not the villain that we've made him out to be. And I'm so grateful that you clarified that because on a whole a spectrum of issues, there could be certain uh, levels of uncertainty, but the word of God is um, is uh, w- where we find even grace for that. The Bible tells us be patient with those who mm-hmm. doubt. Not, I mean, the, the way that scripture even refers to how we should handle those who doubt is uh, with love and with grace. And, and I want you to know that if you are uh, processing through uncertainty, uh, that there's still room for you within the body of Christ and that Jesus loves you. We're going to take your calls on the other side of this break. I see uh, folks calling in. I want to get to the phone lines in just a moment. Maybe today you um, are starting to feel some sense of unsettledness by the version of Christianity that you've been taught and you have questions or someone you love has questions today. We want to help you to process through those. So great to have Sean McDowell with me. The phone number 877-548-3675. We'll be right back right after this. Here on Equip, it's our goal to help listeners like you to understand and apply biblical truth to the issues we encounter in our culture, our community, and our home. But we need your help. Will you join our family of equippers by making an ongoing monthly donation to Equip? When you do, you'll have exclusive access to regular encouragement from me, as well as our Equipper webinars and other special offers. Become an Equipper today. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today we're talking about uh, deconstructing from the faith uh, and uh, the difference between that and deconstructing in a healthy way within the faith uh, with Sean McDowell. We're going to get back to that conversation in just a moment. But as I look at our financial spreadsheet today, uh, what I see here is that for this month, for the month of November, 
We are about $6,500 away from our budgeted goal for this month. We uh, have seen about 20% of our budgeted goal come in, and uh, we're about $6,500 away from our budgeted goal. Now, that's a pretty significant amount, and it's not an amount that I would expect that one person or a couple people uh, would, would take care of. But I would ask that you would pray with us. Can you do that? Can you pray with us? Because here's what every ministry wants, be it our ministry, your local church, or any ministry that really uh, significantly speaks to your heart, the grace and truth of the salvation we have in Christ. They want to have both a testimony of spiritual impact, people coming to Christ, those who are already in Christ, growing in their competency and confidence in the Christian faith. And secondly, they want to have a testimony of financial stewardship. So spiritual impact and good financial stewardship. Every ministry wants to have that testimony, and we do as well. You have been so gracious to us just by listening every day, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm also so grateful for those of you who have already expressed your support uh, in prayer and financially with us this month. I would simply ask that you would pray with us sincerely. Uh, just take a moment even now to join me uh, in laying before the, the Lord uh, that that need would be met. And if God would speak to your heart, there's a couple of ways we can get to this goal. $6,500 away from our budgeted goal for this month means that if 65 people can give a $100 gift, uh, then, then we're there, and uh, we can we can see that goal met. It it may mean, um, you know, six people giving a one thousand dollar gift, or twelve people giving um, a five hundred dollar gift. However, God would speak to your heart. I don't want to confuse the matter. I want you to, uh, with conviction, stand with us. But I will tell you this: we have absolute resolve in this day and age, to continue to proclaim that Christ is Lord. We have absolute resolve in this day and age to continue to take seriously the questions of a generation and to not run from them, but to honor them and those who ask those questions and to bear faithful witness to Christ in both our words and our actions. And if that matters to you, then I would ask that you would consider standing with us today. I do, before I pray, want to just say thank you to Janice from Arkansas, Fairbanks, Arkansas, to Robert from Girard, Ohio, to Terrell from Deerfield Beach, Florida, and to Michelle from Clinton Township, Michigan, for your support. And uh, so grateful for you. If you want to support the program, the phone number is 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or if it's easier, go to equipradio.org. Father, we thank you that you are the God of provision, that you do meet our needs. I pray for everyone who's listening, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, graciously meet the needs that they have in their own family and personal life. And Lord, I do pray from the overflow of your blessings in our life that you would also provide, as you always have, for the needs of this program. We ask you for it, trusting you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you do become a monthly partner this month as well, you get free access to our Zoom webinar. 
uh, surviving church hurt. We really want to minister to your heart and through you to many. 888-644-4144. Dr. Sean McDowell is my guest today, co-author of the book, Set Adrift. Sean, um, let's shift gears for just a moment. You know, I'm wired in a way where I automatically assume that when somebody is questioning uh, the, the Christian faith, that it's because of some deep theological issue. But more and more what I find is that uh, for some, the real issue is hypocrisy, that they've run into some significant hypocrisy in the leadership or the community of Christians that they've known and been around, and that is what's causing them to question or to doubt uh, the version of Christianity that they've encountered. Talk a little bit about hypocrisy. I agree with that. It's interesting that Os Guinness, who's older than both of us been, and been writing books, and I would consider one of the leading Christian thinkers of our day, has written a great book called Fool's Talk. And in there, he calls this the ultimate objection that people have to the faith. It's hypocrisy. And this is in a lot of ways, looking at the words that Christians use don't match up with Scripture, the lives that Christians use don't match up with what Jesus called, a lack of seeing the power of God in people's lives when Scripture promises that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when a lot of people look at the hypocrisy within the church, they just kind of naturally assume, therefore, it, it, it must be false. That's the conclusion that they have. So I'm with you that this is perhaps the biggest objection, although it exists in different ways in the church today. And it just shows that you and I, Chris, we both do podcasts and we write books and we speak, but it shows that it's not just our words that influence people. If it's not backed up by Christian love and learning, then our words are going to fall on deaf ears. Now for me, one of the things I try to point out is I'll try to listen to people and find out what's the source of that. And oftentimes it's not just intellectually looking at hypocrisy. It's hurt that somebody's experienced. It's non-Christian behavior where, where somebody's just treated them in a terrible fashion. And that's their impression of Christians as a result, their impression of the church. And as a result, their impression of what it means to follow Jesus so I have an intellectual response to the challenge of hypocrisy. In fact, ironically, the most famous person in history who criticized hypocrisy was Jesus. He called yeah, people out yeah. for their hypocrisy. Yeah. But I also want to make sure I scratch where people itch. And if there's hurt and there's pain and there's disillusionment and it's personal, we need to address that in a pastoral fashion as well. Yeah, obviously, you've heard me talk about the fact that we're getting ready to do a whole Zoom webinar on church hurt. Yeah. There's just massive amounts of people who have been physically abused, emotionally mistreated, um, uh, maybe even spiritually abused as well. And uh, they've experienced uh, what I would call the worst of uh, the Christian faith in the way people have treated or acted towards them. And I just want to say to that group, uh, man, I'm so deeply sorry that you have, um, that you've experienced that. But I would also say this, that any of us who can think of a song that we love and the artists who sang it in its most perfect version 
knows what it's like to hear someone else sing that same song in a very bad rendition, right? Mm -hmm. And when we hear that song sung poorly in a bad rendition of it, our offense is not with the original artist or the original form of the song. It, it is with the rendition that we heard sung so poorly. And I would just say similarly, if you have uh, experienced a Christian faith lived out poorly or, um, or, or not even at all like Jesus did uh, by somebody who bears the title Christian, um, I'm so sorry you experienced that, but please don't take offense with the original rendition, if you will. Um, look to Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. So I'm, I'm grateful that you and John included that. Now, there's a there's the other side of the coin, though, Sean, and that is, and this can be tough for those of us who are Christian leaders, one of the real issues that drives a lot of people to want to leave the Christian faith or even rethink how they feel about the Christian faith is their desire to sin, their mm. desire to call something right that Scripture calls wrong. And uh, sometimes what I've even heard labeled as spiritual abuse is actually faithful teaching or biblical correction because of this tendency of the human heart wanting to sin, wanting to redefine what God calls wrong as right. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, it's real interesting that we've shifted to the point where now it's not just Christian behavior, but certain Christian theological views, namely biblical views on sex and identity and marriage, are considered harmful within themselves. So when I hear people say they were harmed by the church, sometimes, like you said, and I'm glad to hear you're doing this webinar, there's people with genuine spiritual, physical abuse that needs to be addressed. Sometimes what they mean is that the church teaches that uh, marriage is between one man and one woman who's one flesh for one lifetime. The church teaches that my gender identity ought to line up with my biological sex. That's what it means to be human, that we're body and we are soul. Well, if that's the claim of harm and abuse, that's a very different response because I don't feel the liberty to change the theology of Jesus to change the teachings of scripture, here's kind of the way I put it. The gospel is offensive enough. Let's make sure we don't add any offense to it by the way we treat people. Yes. But yes. let us also not take away any of the offense of the gospel itself because it is offensive. It tells us we're sinful. It tells us we deserve separation from God. And that's not a message that people that it you know itches the ears so to speak that we want to hear so you're right there's two sides of this let's get to the root of what it is yeah. and if somebody's been mistreated let's deal with it and own it and seek repentance and healing and move on if it's the message then we've got to find a way to love this person but hopefully god willing help them see that god's teachings are actually good in themselves for our flourishing actually yes. bring freedom that's the task to make that case as best we can and to model it yeah and this is where i see uh in in 
so many ways our politics playing a role in it. Obviously, uh, this becomes a big issue around the sanctity of life or human sexuality, where somebody is um, is is just not in agreement with the ethics of Scripture and wanting to redefine things be, or looking for a version of Christianity that will almost justify our appetites or our desires. I would highly caution anyone from doing that because once we begin to do that, then there are no limits to that. And what we can end up finding ourselves in is something that's not Christianity at all, but it just really is us recreating God and the teachings of Christ in our own image. And uh, that is spiritually dangerous. Friends, I hope you can see why this book, Set Adrift, is such an important book for our time. I'm so grateful that Sean and uh, John Marriott partnered to do it. Go to our website, equipradio.org, order your copy today. Joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but how do we find joy and reflect it to others? Through in-depth research and powerful stories, the four habits of joy-filled people proves that we are scientifically and spiritually wired to live a life of joy, and it provides the practical steps to get you there. The four habits of joy-filled people is yours with the gift of any amount to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Hey, I wonder if you've been listening to our program for a long time, but have never been in touch with us. We'd love to meet you and to thank you for your support. You know, your financial gifts, no matter the size, make a huge difference. Every little bit helps us equip men and women to live and love Jesus in today's rapidly changing culture. Here's the number if you want to financially support Equip, 888-644-4144, or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I want to say a big thank you to Irene from Paulus, Washington, who just supported the program. Thank you so much, Irene. Can you be one of nine people who stand with Irene today? We want to see 10 friends today support the program. Your gift of $100 or more will make all the difference in spreading the gospel in your community. So can you call 888-644-4144? That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. Again, thanks to Irene from Palouse, uh, Washington. But can you stand uh, with Irene, with Equipped, and call now uh, to uh, offer your support at 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Sean McDonald is my guest. Here's what we're going to do. Because we love you and because we're grateful for each one of you, we have five complimentary copies of Sean's book, Set Adrift. We're going to make those available on social media right now. So check us out at Equip Radio on Facebook or Twitter. Go there right now, and uh, we're going to make five copies available. And we'll pick five names, and you'll find out today if you're one of those five names. But go right now if you want to get a copy of this. If you're questioning your faith, if you have uh, someone you love that's questioning their faith, please check out this book. All right, maybe the the issue that I find to be, quite honestly, 
most challenging and frustrating for me, Sean, is when people are deconstructing because of unanswered questions that they're uh, processing through. And and the reason I think this is so challenging or frustrating for me is because I believe there are credible answers out there. And I hate when somebody's deconstructing because of questions they have that really were either answered poorly or maybe they just didn't go to the right sources to get the credible answers that are out there. What do you want to say to those who have unanswered questions? Well, I'd say a couple things. I'd say, first off, Christianity invites an investigation of the facts. It is the one religion rooted in a single testable historical event, namely the resurrection. Paul says, if Jesus is not risen, our faith is in vain. Mm. That's in part why Jesus said, love God with your heart, with your soul, and love God with your mind that's why in isaiah god says come let us reason together that's why at the end of john it says these things are written in this book so you might believe and by believing have life in his name if you care about the facts and reason and evidence then look into the christian faith and i've consistently found that there's answers for our toughest questions so your questions are welcome here just find the right sources and uh, be patient, and I'm confident you'll find answers. The other thing that I would say is Proverbs 20, verse 5 says, the purposes in a man's heart or a human's heart are deep, and a person of wisdom draws it out. Oftentimes, what we think are intellectual questions have deeper motivations at play as well. So these can be uh, questions of hypocrisy, like you said earlier, that are relational They can be moral questions of what it costs me to follow after Jesus and give something up. It can be uh, emotional issues where somebody's been hurt. So if you have intellectual questions, two things again. Number one, find answers. Christianity invites an intellectual investigation. But second, maybe do some soul searching and see if there's possibly something else at play that's motivating or a part of this and then be willing to address that component too. Brother, you're such a blessing and a gift to the body of Christ. And we got (laughs) just about a minute left and I certainly want people to get the book, but with the time we have left really quickly, we care about you. Some of us have been following your health update. How are you doing? I'm doing a lot better. I had about eight to 10 weeks where I was in the worst physical pain of my life for a few hours a day, just kind of light on my back and was just taking a breath at a time, trying to get through it. And it really rocked me. I did a, I know you saw this. I did a whole YouTube video just walking through it. And after that video, I talked about lessons that I learned, ways that God humbled me. And it blew me away, Chris how many people responded and were thankful that I just drew attention to the amount of pain that people live with. So it wasn't on my radar how many people are living with debilitating pain. I'm doing better and thankful for that. Well, we appreciate you, friends. I want to encourage you to pray for Sean uh, for his continued health and strength and recovery. He's on the road to full recovery. Also get a copy of the book. Go to EquipRadio.org. Order your copy of Set Adrift. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Christians be relevant in today's world? This is Chris Brooks. I'll be talking over several key items Christ followers are facing in today's culture. It's time to combine critical thinking with biblical truth as we answer the challenges of our time and speak confidently to those who need to know our Jesus. Join me on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.